Hello and welcome to the Righteous Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ray Charles, coming at you today with part one of three. This is going to be a three-part series entitled Loneliness in Leadership. Now, COVID-19 certainly has caused isolation all across the globe, but isolation, ladies and gentlemen, does not necessarily have to equate to loneliness. Hence, this three-part series entitled Loneliness in Leadership. Enjoy part one of three. So today's topic is about leaders operating in isolation, and this is a counterproductive approach to follow for senior leaders. Sure. Uh, there are many senior community leaders, business leaders, political leaders, and so on and so forth. And the first question we should ask about is why should we care about leaders operating in isolation? Why we should care about leaders being lonely? Sure. You know, Dr. Askett, the, 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 the basic metric of leadership is followership. The size of your followership is a measure of your leadership. So if you're defining yourself as a CEO, you're defining yourself as a pastor or whatever leadership title, and you look back and there's no one following you, then you're not a leader. That's, that, that's questionable. So when you operate in an isolation, that, that goes totally against the whole concept of leadership. Uh, how do you make of you know, people's comment uh, who says that, uh, that one of the prices of leadership is loneliness? That's true to a certain degree. And I will just change the word loneliness to being alone. And I'll share with that what I mean by that in a second. You see, there is leader development and then there is leadership development. Oftentimes when you go to the bookstore and you see books on leadership, well, 95% of those books are really talking about leader development. These are things that you do alone where you are do some introspection you know, am I humble enough? Do I have the right uh, leadership trait? The leadership do I have person? Character. Do I have character? These are things that you do alone in your quiet time. But leadership development is all about enrolling. It's all about engaging your stakeholders for the fulfillment of a common goal. So you cannot execute leadership in a place of loneliness of being alone. So that, that, I think that, that, that distinction has to be made because, and I've done a study on this, a lot of the books in the bookstore that says leadership is really talking about leader development. So I know, you know, some uh, leadership experts, they argue that when you are at the top, you are lonely and it's, it feels like you are alone. But obviously, some leadership experts like uh, Dr. John Maxi, Maxwell, he argues that that's not the best way to be a leader, to be on the top and lonely. Because, you can, because some of the arguments people make it that if you are very close to your people, they may not respect you, they may undermine you, or they may not see the difference between themselves and you. So you want to always keep the distance so that you better lead them 
and successfully takes him somewhere. Yes. Is that argument uh, holds any water? I disagree. And I have a lot of respect uh, for uh, Dr. Maxwell. But this, this is where I disagree. I believe that you wholeheartedly, as a leader, ought to be uh, touchable, ought to be close to your uh, em em employees, ought to share some of your vulnerabilities, ought to share some of the areas that, that you aren't knowledgeable in. So what that does, it makes you human. There's, there's a principle in management called the RACI principle, that's R-A-C-I, uh, where R stands for what are, your, what are the roles for your flock? What are the roles for your tribe? Uh, the A is who is accountable? The C is who should be consulted? And the I is who should be informed on a particular issue? Well, if you as a leader want to stay back and, and have a distance and feel like you have to have all the answers on a particular issue, you're really cutting yourself short on the potential and the creativity within your organization because there's some folks that may want to step up to the plate mm -hmm. and, and, and say, you know what, I'll be responsible or I'll, I'll, I'll be accountable. So just applying, and there, there are lots of models, but I, I like the Racky model because it allows you to say, you know what, I need someone here to help me turn this computer on. <laughs> yeah. so, so just being human, it, it, and it, you being human introduces humanization into the organization. I like that. By the way, maybe I misled you because Dr. John C. Maxwell, he agrees with you. He says that you have to be closer to your people gotcha. and you should not be afraid of being closer to your people. Uh, he disagrees with uh, leaders uh, who are thinking that being alone or being uh, you know, separate from their people is uh, important for them to, to lead effectively. But there may be some occasions where you may need to be alone. Yes. You know, in, in, uh, in the past, we have seen leaders finding themselves in a very hard place where they may be, you know, their voters against them, their advisors may be against them. Go back and see in history, for example, uh, you'll find some, you know, great leaders let, left behind, you know, uh, forsaken or even rejected by their followers and their people. So, in these kind of situations, I think you need to stand for the thing that you believe and be ready to die for the, that something that you have believed, even if people are now following you, even if you are left alone. Exactly. And I, and I agree wholeheartedly. You know, one of my sayings is, as a leader, oftentimes you're the go-to person. Your stakeholders are going to you. Your employees are going to you. Your vendors are going to you. Your peers may be going to you. But who does the go-to person go to Interesting. in their time of need? So I agree 100% that, that there are situations where you need to be alone, but at the same time, you also need to find that safe space where you can vet this FUD, if you will, I'm sure you're familiar with FUD, that acronym, fear, uh, uncertainty, and doubt. 
you know, it's all going through your mind and you, you don't necessarily want to share that fear, that uncertainty and doubt to the people you lead. To the people you lead. Maybe so you need to sh you know, shield them or you know, protect them from that kind of... Uh, and, and that's leadership. And that's leadership. So, you've, so you find that safe landing space, that safe environment where you can share. Sometimes it may come with a mentor one-on-one. -on -one. It may come with a, with a business coach. Yeah. Or sometimes it may come with uh, a peer uh, advisory group. But even those leaders who are facing difficult times and alone, they should find ways to uh, go to their peers or people who may you know, support them, help them and you know, pass through that challenge. They don't need to really be alone. No, they don't. And, and, and a lot of times they don't engage in those types of environments simply because they don't know it exists. It's not that they don't want to. So I see almost like a movement. I, I see a, a movement of peer-to-peer -peer advisory, leadership advisory groups that are rising all across the globe where peers can, can take off their, their mask, if you will, take off that, that Superman cape, if you will, and just be totally vulnerable. One of the greatest fears, Dr. Askett, of a leader is not wanting to share with their direct reports that, you know what, I really don't know what I'm doing. So that's humility. That's, it, it's humility. And people appreciate that. Your people appreciate that. They don't consider you as dumb because they know you reach that level because you are intelligent. You reach that level because you are smart, wise. They know that. So if once in a while when you face something that you don't know or something that you can't handle alone, what's the big deal if you tell to your people that you don't know or you need their help? Sure, sure. It's, it, it's, it's, it's that lack of knowledge, if you will, on the execution of a task or a tactic. But when it comes to a, a strategy, if you, if you want to uh, roll out a, 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 a certain bonus structure and you, you're not sure whether you want to roll it out via top line or bottom line uh, profits, these are some things that you may not necessarily want to share with with your employees, you may want to vet this with a, a peer who have gone down that path before. But as it pertains to tactics on executing a task, you know what, I don't really know how to operate this machine. Is there someone at our team can, can show me how to do this? As a CEO, that humility, exactly, I, I believe, should be brought forth. Because nobody is perfect. Nobody you know, could be able to do everything by himself or herself. Absolutely. Finding people who can you know, back up our weaknesses, find people who could be able to complement is yes. one of the key uh, skills of uh, leadership. Absolutely. By the way, uh, I just want to know what are some of the reasons or why leaders prefer to operate alone? Hmm. Let's see some of the reasons. Why, you know some people who are, you know, some leaders who are operating in isolation. Why do you think they think they should operate uh, in isolation? Are there any if, justifiable reasons? Yeah, they, I, I could, there are lots, but I'll list about three. And if we can, if we can just picture for a second a, a triangle where the, the base is vision, then the second segment is differentiation, and the third level is revenue.
a leader who has that vision for the company and is looking at what I want and what I got. And there's a gap there between I want and I got. That's probably the location of the greatest pain because it's the vision that give birth to this company. And so that, that's, that feeling of failure tries to come in and set in. Then when you elevate from the vision, the differentiation, the whole reason you started this company is to, is to, to, to have that unique selling proposition, to be unique from your competitors, but you find yourself in a place where you're not unique. And again, that feeling of failure tries to come in. And the one that we all talked about, the one that we all see on the newspaper, the one that we all hear on the Wall Street Journal, etc., is the revenue. But I see that as more surface. The core reason that I believe leaders go into isolation is when they look at that delta between what I want and what I got in terms of my vision. And so it's a little hard to share that delta from a vision casting perspective with your employees. Because guess what? The whole reason that they are employees is that they have bought into the vision during the interviewing process. So having that safe space again as a CEO to, to share with your peers and say, you know what, I started this company, this was my vision, this is what I wanted, but this is what I got here, I need help. That's a reason why you may not necessarily want to share that within the confines of the company, but to find that safe space to share that. I would like to share one data from Harvard uh, Business Review, which was sure. posted uh, on its website. It says that half of CEOs report experiencing feelings of loneliness mm. in their role. And of this group, 61% believe it hinders their performance. Mm. First time CEOs are particularly susceptible to this isolation. Nearly 70% of first time CEOs who experience loneliness report that the feelings negatively affect their performance. It's a huge data. Half of the CEOs feel that they feel lonely, especially the first time CEOs, the first time top executives, they feel more lonely compared to experienced CEOs. So having that kind of, you know, high caliber position of leadership brings that kind of price into their life. And it is common in the world that top leaders are experiencing loneliness. If you recall what we discussed at the very beginning of our show, the difference between leader development and leadership development. If our CEOs can just grab a hold First of all, that there is a difference. The leader development is where you, you build up those, those, those leadership traits within you as an, as an individual leader. Once you grab a hold of the concept of leadership, which really has its root in stakeholder engagement, not just delegating, but collaborating. 
there is a, 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 a saying, Ubuntu, I am because you are. That, in my estimation, epitomize leadership. The reason, and I've coached a number of CEOs, the reason they tend to go into that place of loneliness is because they believe that they are responsible for the execution of that initiative. I've heard it time and time again on a one-on-one -on -one and in groups. So rather than collaborating, they feel that this is their responsibility. It if is, it fails, it backfires on them, it reflects on them, and so on and so forth. Right. As, and again, if we go back to the Rocky model, we're not going to go through the whole thing. I'm just going to look at two letters, the R and the A. The R is responsible. The A is accountable. If we make that shift, from responsible to accountable, now you then, your, 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 your vision is now spread much wider to identify who are my allies? Who are my stakeholders? Who can I surround? You see, I want to surround myself with a lot more, a lot of folks that are a lot smarter than I am that can accentuate my, my, my places of weakness. But if you believe that you are responsible for the execution and the success of this particular initiative, then you, it narrows your, your, your perspective. And leads you to loneliness. And it leads to loneliness. So, so, so therein lies loneliness is the symptom. You see, we talk a lot of, the, the yeah, paper talks about yeah. the symptom, doesn't talk about the root. root cause, yeah. The root cause Number one is a lack of distinction between leader development and leadership development. The root cause is a distinction between being responsible and being accountable. What about other types of leaders? For example, yes, I understand that because of the lack of this understanding, some leaders may find themselves lonely. But what about some leaders thinking that, okay, if I open up, if I bring people closer to me, they may know the secret of the trade, they know what I know, and then I will become irrelevant. So it's better if I isolate myself away. And also, some people may think, some leaders may think, hey, if I fellowship with others, of course, if a leader is smarter, that's how he, he does. Like you said, you know, I bring people who are smarter than I am. But for some people, bringing smarter people closer to them may mean that they compete with them. And they don't have maybe the confidence, the security that they can't really compete with this kind of smart people. So what about this kind of uh, leaders? Leaders who think that uh, bringing people closer to them makes them vulnerable, makes them less competitive. You know, there's a, there's a great book out there. Uh, it's called Blue Ocean Strategy. One, and it talks about uh, the red ocean and, and the blue ocean. And without going into too, too much detail because our time is limited, the, the, the red ocean looks at someone as, as a competitor. And I have, to, I have to hide and I have to protect 
myself. I think that's what you're referring yeah. to, that type of leader. I have to hide, I have to be alone. Yeah. I should not share my secrets. I should not share my competitive advantage right. because if people know about them, then I will become irrelevant. Of course, this is faulty. I don't believe in sure. that kind of approach. Sure. Uh, the Blue Ocean uh, perspective says, okay, uh, I do have my, my trade secrets patented and, or copywritten. Why not share? And that, what, 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 is, what about the possibility of that being a competitive advantage? Maybe that opens a door for Ubuntu. Maybe that opens a door for collaboration. There's an old, in the 80s, there was a word that came out in the business world called co-opetation. It's a clip between collaboration and competition. I think co-opetition is more of the the other mindset where it, it, it op it's, it's more of a possibility mindset. Uh, the the, the pro protecting and, and guarding yourself against being hurt by a potential competitor, in my estimation, is, is a limited mindset. Now, you notice I said, once you have your trademark, once you have, so you have to, you have to do your risk management, you have to protect yourself. But once you've done that, why not share it? Why not share it? Because at the end of the day, it's beyond our company. It's our environment. It's the investment. My, my mantra is keep investing in people. Don't just keep investing in your employees, keep investing in people, invest in your employees, invest in your community, and maybe that, that neighbor, neighbor in business that is a quote unquote competitor, they may partner. may partner, which is another synonym for the collaboration, which is of the same family of Ubuntu. See, that's an, a whole nother mindset. And we sort of have to break out of that because that is more in line with what leadership development. I, I keep coming back to that. That whole partnership, that whole cooperation, that whole collaboration is more in line with leadership stakeholder engagement paradigm versus leader development paradigm. Leader development says I have to protect myself. So it's very limited. Yeah, by the way, uh, I believe that when somebody protects himself from other people, protects his ideas, inventions, and so on, yes, in a certain degree, yes, that's very important. You have to register your patent. You have Absolutely. to keep your trademark and so on. But protecting your message, protecting your comparative advantage is a disadvantage, and it's a disservice to you, to your organization. Think about it. Think about it, for mm. example. I may protect myself. Let's say I'm a seed. I protect myself. Yes, I can remain there as one seed. Yes. But think about it. If I sow myself, yes. if I die, Come on. I can reproduce thousands of other yes. seeds. Yes. I can be one tree, protect myself, or release my seeds and become a forest. So this is a choice. For me, if people, when they release themselves, when they sow themselves, into other people, into their communities, into their organizations by becoming selfless. For me, they are doing a service to themselves and a service to their organization. They can take themselves 
to the next high. They can explode and reach the world when they share. But if they become you know, self, it's a universal law. You know, you can't really become something significant. You can't leave legacy. You can't impact beyond yourself if you keep and protect yourself and remain alone.